Thank you for joining me today on What Do You Believe? I'm here with a very special guest, my dear friend, Tariq Krim. Tariq is a true Renaissance man. He's a technologist, a founder, a journalist, a political correspondent, and has spoken at various conferences all over the world, including Davos and DLD. Tariq, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to chat with you. Uh, thank you for having me in this podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. So I usually start off um, asking people, what, what, do, what do you believe? Oh, what do I believe? I've, um, I believe we're in a, in a whole new world, uh, a transition from... Uh, what used to be uh, what we used to call the normal world to something that is clearly hard to understand, hard to adopt, hard to be comfortable with. Um, it's like uh, you wake up every day and your moral compass, everything you believe is being challenged by the news, technology and everything. So I, I guess we're trying to adjust in this new uh, reality or in my case trying to figure out how we can just go back to a place where things seems more sane uh more respectful mm. so i guess that's what that's what i believe at the moment mm. so what are you what are you uh working on in terms of your latest project because it sounds when we chatted about it earlier it sounds like this is something that you are creating to sort of, as a backlash to everything you just said, in a, in a world of chaos, how do you contain yourself and how do you go forward in a, in a very difficult time? So tell us about your project and tell us about, you know, what you're doing um, to sort of combat that. So, well, over the last, uh, over the last 10 years, I had like a, um, a different views from most of my friends, entrepreneurs and, and technology. I, about 10 years ago, I, you know, when the iPhone came in, I actually uh, foresaw what's happening today. That is, when we have computing power in our hands all the time, every moment of our life is being basically monitored or analyzed. Most of the things we see on the phone have been predicted by a machine to optimize engagement, advertising, whatever. We just... We came from a world that were promised that technology would be here around us to a world where basically technology suffocate us. Yeah. And um, there's uh, not much we can do because in some ways uh, what happened over the last 10 years is that uh, the technology world has been privatized by a few companies, uh, Google and Apple, mobile, uh, Amazon for commerce and Facebook for social media, friends and pretty much everything else. And um, the problem is that uh, the, the initial promise of the internet was we would have so many options, mm. this incredible library of content, of thoughts, of ideas. And now basically you have maybe 500 people around the world who define everything we do. And I mean, by literally the product manager at Instagram basically can can have the power to decide what choice, what taste you're gonna have. The people who decide how you should talk to, and that's the very funny thing about all this is, happen to know a lot of these people, uh, most of the founders, and 
and a lot of them are kind of Asperger types. And we ask these people to design the tools we need to communicate around the world. And there's no, of course, uh, there's, there's a reason why we are now, we, we don't even engage in direct communications. We, we use emojis or uh, we, we, we completely uh, transform ourselves. And for people like us, our generation who knew the internet before and actually even the world before the internet, it was, mm. Uh, well, there yeah. was a world before the yes. internet. <laughs> Hard to believe, uh, but yes. Absolutely, with books, with tapes, with concerts. Mm. I, I guess these this things are still there, but uh, with a lot of things that have now been replaced by, by technology. And, um, and, and the question is not, do you believe in technology or do you like technology? I do, I've loved it all my life. The question is, in a world where a few companies decide to hijack all these tools, for a very simple issue that is making engagement, money, understanding. Um, is it something that is exciting anymore? I don't think so. And for the last 10 years, I've been trying to create alternatives. I, I started with this uh, company called Jolie Cloud. We built an, uh, an independent platform that was not designed to be, uh, was, was gonna be completely agnostic of platform, like trying to, to get back control of your digital life, but that was too early and we had to stop. And over the last years, I've tried to figure out ways to, to do this. And, and at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm making a pause on, on this because I, I, I believe that uh, the world has been created, especially over the last five years. I mean, you know, the elections, Brexit, uh, a lot of things we probably will talk about that happened in the world. Uh, now, I think it's, a common knowledge that this environment is toxic and the question is what do we do and uh, I don't think the answer is like oh we should all be offline and meditate because uh, actually most of people in Silicon Valley are the one who says that uh, <laughs> ironically <laughs> ironically uh, yes uh, the question is how do we how do we create something more healthy and um, um, one of the ideas been floating around that I've been uh, debating is what I call the slow web, as in slow food. Basically, we are what we eat. If we eat crap, we get sick. And in technologies like food, we consume it every day. And right now, we need to change the things we consume. So we need to figure out ways to access quality content, uh, to access software that is not trying to alienate you. And uh, we need to basically completely change the way we interact with, with technology. And this is going to be I believe the one of the interesting fight of the next ten years. Mm. Fascinating. I I can't wait to to hear and see what what you do with this because I I believe you're going to do something great and and I think the planet needs it. I think we all are longing for something for a change. You know. I I think I mean what is what is fascinating is that uh, um, we. We became everyone, you know, uh, you remember like your, the idea of the, your 15 minutes of fame and Andy Warhol and now uh, in some ways we've created a world where you have to deal with multiple personality. You have the real you, but you bury deeply inside. And then you have the you on social media. And of course, and that's even more, it's not even, yeah. I, I was, um, someone I like who call that thing digifrenia, like a digital schizophrenia, but mm. it, it goes even worse than that because 
on Facebook, you, you can be that person. And on Instagram, you're going to be something, someone totally different. Yes. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn you have to, to look like you're a bit more serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're going to start to create like this whole narrative about you being a game changer in the business or whatever. And then suddenly you have to attach all these superlatives about you. And then you have to deal with this. And I think it's exhausting because when you switch off the computer or the phone, you must be exhausted. Not because your life is exhausting, but your different online presence, but is an extension of your life, is, is really hard to, 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 to keep, keep up. up. Absolutely. Yes. And then you have this question of authenticity. So how could you actually be authentic to anything that all these personalities and personas that you're putting out there on all these different platforms? And then, you yeah, know, but the, you know, when they, this, this quote says you always have to be the best version of yourself mm. and uh, basically all the less best version of yourself are on social media. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, so it's it, all a lie, basically. <laughs> for, for many people, it, it is and until the moment you actually decide to accept to deal with yes. who you are. Right. And for example, for me on Instagram, there was an, an Twitter, because people forget the early days of Twitter. Twitter was trying to be like Instagram, like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, and then please stop annoying me with all the things you do. Um, I guess it, it's also related to, um, to the moment in your life where you grow and you, um, you start to understand that in your 20s, you want to know everybody, you, 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 you actually, excited i mean i remember when i used to go to davos like we had these people their job was to know everybody and know that they know everybody and keep reminding you all the time that of course they know everybody yes and then when you get into trouble in your life or tragedy and the, the people that you can really trust are really small number oh, yes. um, you want to have all the experience in the world you want to go everywhere you want to consume 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 buy all the stuff and then the things that really suits you or the things that really transformed you are very peculiar and uh, same with everything. And I, I, I guess that at some point when you start understanding that uh, when you grow inside, it means that the projection of yourself outside are less yes. impactful on you. You don't really care about it anymore. You, you start to be more comfortable and then you discover that it's not because you're well-dressed that mm. you look good. It's because you actually feel comfortable in yourself. But that's the projection you're giving. And, and everything else is just a decor, a decorum. Uh, it's the same with, with, with social media. At some point, when you start to understand that who you are and what you're talking is about who you really are, uh, what you do, for example, on Instagram, I've stopped posting mostly uh, things about, you know, what I, what I, where I go, what I do, and rather like just make portraits, photography, just sharing with friends. Yeah, beautiful photographs. What I, I, I appreciate, and then I actually stopped being public. I just um, put my Instagram private because then I just discovered you don't have the pressure of, like, who cares? I mean, uh, uh, you don't have the pressure of, of, you know, of audience, and then you just focus on quality. Same with food, same with everything. Mm. And um, um, I guess the... The, uh, the, the thing about uh, Mark uh, Zuckerberg but I've, I used to, uh, to hang out with uh, a decade ago and I was always impressed how every year he would be, feel smarter and wiser I think at the time he was in his 20s and he completely understood the fact that power is about connection is about you know, uh, uh, growing fast 
And now that he has kids and is growing older, I think he's going to start understanding that there's a need for something else. It's funny because in his 2020 year resolution, he's talking now about creating a more private space. Mm. He kind of understand that basically himself is in, um, is basically in a, a, a position with the software and the things he's built. And um, that's why I'm, I'm always surprised that the next new thing should be like the new thing for teenagers where you do like you're trying to be an idiot for 30 seconds or less <laughs> right. uh, on, on repeat. Yeah. And, and nothing that is built and designed for people who want to have uh, a slower, more qualitative uh, life. And yes. uh, I think there's going to be a huge opportunity to create uh, uh, things that are just making us make us feel good about ourselves. Yes. Yes. I, I love this. I lo- it's absolutely true. I, I agree. Can't agree more. Um, it's, it's a sad world sometimes that, that we're, uh, a part of. Um, it's a lot of validation, you know, there's, there's this thing about, you know, support versus validation. You know, you want to, to me, it's, there's always sort of, I want to support support my friends, and but do I need to validate them as well? No one should validate other people. You should just be able to do that for yourself and just mm-hmm. be comfortable with it's what you were saying about in your twenties. You know, you're always looking for approval. Then you start to realize I don't need anyone's approval. But then social media is all about approval, or is it support? You know, it's 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 this kind of strange thing that. But isn't that a, this in- interesting paradox of life that is? Yes. What is the most valuable of about you is what makes you unique. Like, mm. That unique mind, that unique way of doing things. And the entire system is trying to push you to be like this generic part of a of a trend. And I've seen so many people who are like smarter people. I've been through that at, at some point in my life where suddenly you like just go with the flow and you dilute what makes you unique. Yes. And in some ways, uh, I, I, I believe that technology dilutes us, but because uh, when you buy advertising, you buy it in bulk. So they don't want you and me as a unique person. They want us part of a group that has very specific needs, that has very specific uh, uh, targeting uh, um, requirements. And then the whole role of this is to make us be part of a, a cohort Yes. Commercial commercial items. Absolutely, because they can control us that way. It's easier to control, right? Yeah, it's and and then you you I guess I in the next ten years we will actually understand that the biggest scam ever, the biggest bubble (laughs) on the internet was online advertising. I mean I don't even know if it works. Uh, and you see people just spending so much uh, on on literally everything, and I and I keep wondering because uh, that's going to be a challenge for society. Is in some ways, uh, what happened over the last five five years is that politics, as always, started using the same techniques of marketing and targeting, yes. and they uh, started using uh, uh, this technology to mold people, and and then suddenly, if you're more right-wing person and you uh you t- lean up to be far right but not completely suddenly technology can is going to regroup you in in bulks same thing happened on the left and you what you see is at some point 
uh, they, they, we started having a polarization mm. of, of politics. But um, in the same way, uh, that's, what, well, that's what happened in the US. That's why you see people now, you've seen that as well with Brexit, where uh, you have people who cannot talk to someone who's been voting for Brexit and vice versa. Suddenly, you want to be part of the same group and the group you're part of is so important that uh, we, uh, you, you want to only read the news that validates your, you know, uh, uh, your 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 thinking, and that and that's uh, what's fascinating about this is that uh, Marshall McLuhan, who was uh, uh, a very influential, uh, yes. Uh, star of the media, someone who understood the media in the 50s and the 60s actually understood that uh, what the tribalization was going to be uh, a consequence of us being connected and being online all the time. And the consequence of this is we, we are in this kind of crap right now because uh, at some point uh, people, the smartest brain of our generation, that's even worse, in the 50s, the smartest brain of our of their generation were trying to, to put someone on the moon. But in that generation, the, the smartest brain of our generation have been working at Google and Facebook trying to see how they can better sell Toyotas and, uh, mm. and, and you know, um, uh, products on, on, online. And this technology has been used and we became a product. And in politics, when you become a product, then what you truly believe or what you should be, or there's no more of this, there's no more collective, which has been part of a, an, of a group. And I think that architecture is really toxic and we need to get, to find a way to get rid of it. I mean, we should legislate and make what we call behavioral targeted advertising illegal. The idea that I target you not because of you, but because I actually uh, put you in a package of people but might react in a certain way if I do this. Basically, if I can the right to manipulate you, um, this is uh, this is a big problem. And uh, we allow Google and Facebook to do this on YouTube. Just go and watch anything, and then four or five videos later, you just see insanity. Yes. <laughs> and you're just like, what did I do? Am I getting punished? Yes. <laughs> what's what's wrong? I mean, I'm not even talking about kids who basically. Uh, you don't want to have any kids watching YouTube without adult supervision oh, I know. because you have no idea. And you I cannot know. trust uh, 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 these companies to actually even do the right thing. So we're stuck in this, uh, in, in this uh, you know... Uh, Depen- we're dependent. And, and we need to figure out a way to, to, to get out of it. And I... Uh, do, I, I do I hear a political... Uh, do I hear politics in your future, perhaps? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've been... A, I mean... I've been doing this in France for, for a while. Uh, it's funny because I always believed that technology is politics. And if you don't understand this, you actually cannot understand what's happening. Uh, only the VCs in Silicon Valley actually believe that anything that's happened in the world is not connected and growth will still be there. But it's, um, I guess the uh, politics is, is, uh, is about trying to figure out how to make our lives better. And to be honest, I believe that if you're the mayor of a city, you can actually change people's life. Mm. But if you go beyond that scale, (laughs) it is becoming impossible. And with social networks where whoever you, you can be the smartest president like Obama was, or you can be the dumbest president. You can be uh, the 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 smooth operator, the smooth talker. It doesn't matter. Mm. 
the problems are becoming so complex. Look at what happened in Australia. It's, it's, it's becoming even impossible for people to agree. The entire country is burning, burning. And, and people are just debating online. And the same techniques we talked about is about, yeah, but it's not because of climate change, it's because of this and that. And then suddenly you're losing time and the people that are right there on, are just like, what the hell is going on? And that's the world we, we live in. So uh, I, 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 I believe that politics is, uh, is, is something that is going to be extremely hard to do in the, the future. And I, I don't want to, I, I would love to, and I always love to help people and advise on whatever I can, but I, I don't see myself being in the front uh, seat of politics in a, in the near future, at least. Okay. Well, I, I would vote for you. I think you'd be great. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> um, so uh, there's been, the last few years for you, I mean, kind of changing, changing topics um, on a more serious, very serious note. Um, you've had a lot of loss the last few years, um, and I'm so sorry about your mom. Um, losing your mom and, and going through the Paris attacks and losing many friends in, in that terrible, terrible, that terrible night. Um, has, can you tell us how this changed you, how this is, has affected you? And, um, was this, you know, how, how does this define you now after what you've been through? Yeah. Well, um, wow. Um, first of all, it's been, I mean, to, 2015 was kind of a weird time because if you remember there was the Charlie Hebdo attack and uh, uh, my dad actually lost two friends one of them was one of his oldest colleagues who was a, a really nice person and they and we were just looking at this and like wow this is insane I'm sorry and then uh, uh, this whole attack in Paris was kind of it was kind of weird because I, I just uh it was meant to be to my friend's birthday party and I was always late. And at some point my mom called me and argued with me about something is happening. And they, as usual, I would say, are you sure? So I, I waited and checked. And then there was a, a ramp of event, uh, the stadium, it was someone who was trying to, to, uh, to do something. So I, uh, I, um, I kind of, uh, uh, started looking at this and I, I was basically completely forgetting of the idea of of going to my friends, and uh, I had decided this time that I would not watch news TV at all because I was so disgusted by how they behaved, mm. uh, how they behaved during the Charlie Hebdo attack, and how basically uh, these people are have no decency. But I mean, we came to a point now in media where just the cheapest way to do media is to put four people with no empathy to whatever happens and just have them talk. And that's what uh, TV has become, at least news TV. Yes. So I decided not to look at this. And uh, I was watching other news and uh, my neighbors below were their friends, they were at the concert. And uh, I, uh, so I kind of came and said, well, I, I hope things gonna be, be, be fine and, and at some point later in night, I just decided, okay, I have to check at least a little bit of what's going on. And then I, uh, I, uh, I just saw the, the, actually the place I was supposed to be was one that was actually named. And then I, of course, try to reach my friends, impossible. Uh, and then comes a whole, uh, moment of, uh, of nightmare where you see, well, you see the worst and, and you also see the best. 
you I I uh, um, I came to uh, to well to the ceremony. I mean, there was not really a ceremony. There were like a hundred and thirty corpses in the uh, morgue of uh, you know the in Paris. Uh, uh, this uh, well, I forgot how you call the place where you have all the dead bodies. The uh, the the cemetery. Cemetery. Uh, no, not cemetery. Like where they stay and. Oh, the they... burial. Okay. Yeah. And uh, basically, um, then there's a woman who came to me and she was like, uh, I'm from Clermont-Ferrand, it's like in a smaller town in, in, in France, and I, I decided to come in uh, because uh, most of the doctors who've been, never had any uh, experience in like war-like traumas, you know, I mean, being shot. Of, so we, we decided to come. And the same night as the attack, the, the, the doctors were supposed to be on strike there because the conditions are, are horrible. And they just, everybody jumped in and came to the hospital. I mean, I have a friend who's, uh, who's uh, a doctor and she passed by the Batek Law and just like started to, uh, to, to see a person. Because you have this weird triage where you, if you don't really get to right there, things are, you know, uh, and uh, this thing, uh, uh, she started like basically uh, helping someone and just uh, as she told me later she just turned around and there was a guy dressed all in black and it was one of the the terrorists of the Vatican who was just sitting there and, uh, and, <gasps> and it was so so weird I mean I hear stories about I mean I hear stories I one of my friend who's uh, I was lucky to have seen a few weeks before this happened uh, decided as a as the last thing he did, actually he did in his life, to just jump, push a friend of ours, who's the only survivor, and get shot in her place. And I just think about it sometime. Has these moments define you? And I, I now truly believe that we're all defined by our relation to death. That's the true definition of who we are. And, uh, you know, it's, as you mentioned, I've, I've lost, uh, I've lost my mom, this, uh, uh, last summer and um, I uh, I get you know you 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 I didn't want to make it through too much public now I guess that's too late <laughs> but uh, I uh, I got friends who came in and they knew what to say there's a someone I barely knew from Australia wrote me a long and very 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 nice uh, text and other people I knew who didn't even show up didn't even say anything or you know. And then I, I, re I was reminded that we all have a different yes. approach to this. Yes. Some people have this empathy and they, because they've been through that and they want to, to let you know that they're here. And the other people who like just literally reject this because they haven't dealt with this mm. yet. And it's really scary and for them and I understand that. So it's, it's why I never judge how people behave in, 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 in this. But but I, I guess I was, because uh, the story didn't extend, uh, finish here. I mean, just days before Brexit, we had a friend who was, uh, who was MP uh, um, um, who got basically killed just by a crazy man. I guess this had a big impact on the Brexit later because a lot of politicians were like, whoa, whoa, if we say something and someone doesn't like it, we actually could be stabbed. And that's what happened to her. Oh, and, I'm uh, sorry. And out of, yeah, and out of uh, this also, what's funny is, very funny is, uh, um, a friend of mine who's like this incredible investigative journalist for the the Washington Post, uh, who was, uh, of course, f 
first in, in, in Paris to cover the whole story. We talked about it and she tried to, you know, uh, uh, get, get me more cheerful about it. And uh, she was sent months later in Munich for a shooting and uh, just to learn that her, her 14 years old cousin was part of the, uh, you oh. know, Tragic. And and we had at that moment switch role where I basically call her and spend time. Oh, yes. And uh, the the problem is you you in this because you have death that are basically basically uh, uh, things that are unfortunately predictable. At some point, we all gonna die. Uh, and there is death that are violent and unfair. And um, for me, that's the. There's a book from a German philosopher that I would translate by the um, radical loser, but he, someone who wrote this years ago, about how people uh, sometimes you know they just kill their family and then they kill themselves, or they they have all you have all these kind of moments where society creates people that are basically uh, so angry at themselves and everyone else in in one way. They, they, they want to do this because they want to show what they, their pain, share it to the world. And at some point they actually see that uh, what they do uh, is terrible and they actually realize while they do it. And then they give, a, they, they usually kill themselves right after. And there was basically that book was, I was trying to read that book to understand how in, in Hell's Mind, someone would actually end up doing this. Mm. And this is the, uh, you know, it's the thing that you do not understand and you're trying to, I mean, there's, a, there's so many other reasons, but uh, I guess that's what is the most terrifying about all of this is that you always wonder if that path for action is something that anyone has in him or is it just someone who is inherently bad or is it um, just a, a process that society has created I mean, all of the, I, I, I'm certain that all the case of, of what happened in terrorism over the last 50 years is different. And there's, a, there's an incentive that is different. There's a, there's a, but, but you, when you get close to that, you also understand that uh, how society is dysfunctional. And yes. uh, what is, for me, uh, was the, the worst was not while well, going through this, uh, spending time, we spent time to raise money. I mean, with this, so every story was was horrible. I don't want to get through this because yes. I actually don't even want to go back through no, that. No, of course. But uh, for me, was the what was the worst is that you just go uh, outside and then you see the photos of the people who killed your friends everywhere, like in the magazines and TV, talking about that. We don't and. I remember making giving a petition after what happened in Nice about online and, and getting a lot of followers on this and not to disclose the names of the perpetrators because uh, uh, is the worst thing for you is to just wake up and then the day after we only talk about them, you know? Um, and uh, that got me to... Uh, to at some point deciding to leave completely Paris, going a few some time in, in Bali. I was actually invited to France, got there. I could only use my phone to take photos. No internet, nothing. Mm. That's fine to me. Food was nice. It was a great place to, uh, had a friend who was a priest there. 
uh, and uh, we spent time together and mm. uh, I just spent time going uh, around eating well uh, that has an incredible impact and just uh, just kind of being surrounded by nice people and by by a, a very quiet setting and um, when I came back I understood that like technology I mean the entire fabric of technology is is wrong and we need to do something else uh, and that's why I, I I've been now since advocating for for something different and I have to admit at first it's really it was really difficult because most people are are in denial <laughs> about the yes. world we live in right but now it's getting better and uh, and now it's gonna be even worse because um, we we are all in a way with climate change and that's fascinating as the um, we're all confronted with the idea that uh, there's an expiration date on on life on earth I mean earth will still be there but uh, we may not uh, and um, I wonder how this, you know, um, this thing that is uh, this threat, uh, this Damocles sword on top of us, um, how, people are reacting differently. I, I was lucky uh, four years ago, I went to Greenland and actually the friend, I, I was, uh, we were a group of us with uh, this incredible scientist uh, who was uh, one of the early pioneer of climate change and um, actually told me the first city that would be uh, uh, um, in trouble with climate change was going to be in the U.S. He, he, he thought it would be Tampa. And, really? Uh, yeah, and it was, uh, he was saying how, um, uh, I mean, if, if, um, if the climate goes, I mean, if the direction we're going is keep going, the, if the rising seas, it's going to be disastrous for a part of, 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 of the U.S. and, of course, for the rest of the world but uh, right. I mean the US was not exempt and uh, um, we talked about all so what happens when you you wake up every day with this idea of you know potential uh, uh, not death but this idea that there's a apocalyptic future and uh, do you just decide you let go and or do you decide to fight and I guess um, um, I would say some people decide to fight in a, sometimes very in a very extreme way, S some people are just in denial. I mean, I just don't understand how um, a lot of the uh, American politicians on the Republican side are just flatly denying yes. this. I mean, look at it's what happened in Australia; it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And and the majority of people are just you know, are, it's I don't know how things are going to to, to work out, but we need to. Uh, we need to learn uh, how to deal with it and not dealing with like in what kind of things we need to do. We're going to need to deal with this idea that uh, uh, um, the world we live in is not, which we're taking for granted, is not taken for granted anymore. And uh, we're going to have to learn how to, in terms of, of personal um, health and, and personal belief to address that. And I, I don't think we are ready yet. <laughs> yes, yes, I, 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 uh, I agree. I don't think we're ready yet either. I mean, all of us have to do our own part every day uh, to, you know, whether it's composting, recycling, whatever it is. But it's such a, it's, it's bigger. 
It's such I think a the first thing we need to do is to get rid of all the politicians that are denying this. Yes. I think yes. we have the number yes. one problem is you can recycle. I mean, I was just joking with a friend at Google and said, you know, all our, our servers are um, climate change friendly. We like, uh, we offset carbon. I'm like, well, that's first of all, that's to be debated. I'm actually not entirely sure that's true. But then I'm oh. like, okay, but then you guys have elected some of the biggest climate change denialists. So, yes. <laughs> so what's the, what's the trade-off? And uh, I think, because what we talk about, like how do we, first we need to put back science we need to put back uh, people who clearly understand and don't deny the problem of course these people are gonna how do you say um, disappoint us I mean every politician at some point uh, before the election looks great and when he's tested on the on the ground is not as, as as strong as we thought but at least we need to get rid of the the uh, this and then we need to start really like uh, massively the, the the century that is about to come is going to be a century of science and we cannot allow only an elite to be accessing to science and when I say an elite sometimes in some countries it means only men <laughs> yes. uh, so we need to really uh, get back into the idea of making science basic science understanding right uh, a mandatory and, and education and we need to invest in this because if we don't do this when we're gonna have terrible issues disease and and things like that we cannot deal with uh, uh, people who do not understand the facts so don't under, we need to have experts we need to have people on the field who know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and one of the main problem we we have about technology is like if you think about Silicon Valley and the tech world I guess in some ways it's very like what finance was Goldman Sachs in the back in the days. Uh, it's a lot of people go there for entitlement, for you know privilege, for and they they say oh we are here to change the world, make it better. No, you're here because you get the best pay and actually it is a job that a lot of people envy. But at the end of the day, the result of this is not that great because if you look at what Facebook, Instagram, Google, Apple, etc. have become, they're not companies that we should admire especially in their their dealing of climate change so we need to bring back deviate people back into traditional science mm-hmm. and um, one of the reasons science was very exciting in the 50s and the 60s in the US that's because people had incredible projects like going to the moon now what are the projects they I mean I'm so tired about the let's go to Mars. I think the projects we need to figure out how to clean the water. We need to figure out how to move from, you know, uh, um, uh, carbon-based um, emitting energies to something new. Maybe the future is fusion. Maybe for now the the most cleanest energy in on the planet is nuclear. I know everybody thinks it's bad to say about it, but it's 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 the truth. Mm. Everything else is not that great. I mean. The wind is fantastic, but when there's no wind, there's no sun, and you need to, to take the train, or the train, the train, the train cannot wait for the wind to come back. So you need to have energy that is stable and it's clean. And so far, it, it, it means this. And we need to uh, also rethink how we, we grow food. And one of the interesting, I believe, political idea of the, the coming years is what I call localism. I love this idea, especially now in France, that at some point in my life, more than 50% of what I buy has been produced around. Mm. 
Um, it can be for clothing. I'd rather go to a store that is doing quality product. I get two of them per year. They're just fine. Rather than buying hundred stuff that are being shipped from China with kids working in Bangladesh to build them. And we're not even happy because the whole thing, the first time you put it in the wash machine, is yeah, actually falls apart. Falls apart. Yeah. Uh, same thing with food. Uh, there's going to be a moment where a lot of the things we believe are cool are not that cool. I mean, uh, uh, and are you we, talking about plant-based diets, particularly? Yeah. No, no. I, I, I'm a big believer in plant-based diet. I just believe that there are things like avocado, almonds, and things we actually love that are terrible for for the environments and the things we ship overseas as well. We're gonna learn. To, we need to. We're gonna have to learn how to grow things uh, differently. I'm a big believer also in in house in in city farming. I was in Copenhagen for a technology conference that I love called the Tech Festival. Mm -hmm. And I've learned about people growing herbs and things in containers and they are making the entire formula open source. Any other country in the world will, will need to do this. And uh, yeah, we need to... to, to I, I still eat meat, but I believe that the way our parents eat meat was good. The way we eat meat right now is insane. Wow. Growing meat all the time, eating meat every moment. So I decided now at, at home, I only cook vegetarian uh, food and I just allow myself meat like once uh, every, uh, every two weeks. Outside, I'm pretty flexible, but uh, at least when I'm home, I'm growing mostly vegetables. And, uh, and I know it had an impact on my, uh, on my uh, I've done a bit of fasting as well. Three days every, every uh, three months. That's so good because it, uh, it's, you can feel it's good for you, but also I like this idea of cleansing. Uh, the action of cleansing more than the effect of cleansing is actually good. I also need that. I need to mm. uh, yes. feel a bit of a pain mm -hmm. you know, to myself because I... Uh, but the um, point is that science, food, uh, local, localism, these are going to be an uh, important part of the... the the future and we um, we also it means that education needs to be <laughs> as widely available as possible it means that yes. healthcare but when you think about healthcare I was discussing with someone in the hospital who told me that 30-40 years ago most people would come to uh, a hospital for infectious disease, disease now people come to hospital because of things related to the noise to the to pollution to the food so they're like all indirect disease of the way we, we are. The so it's, we create like a, a terrible cycle where right. pollution, but crappy food. I mean, uh, luckily I'm here in Europe. And the one thing I always say to friends when I did in the U.S. is the first time I set up in the airport in the U.S. is how many obese people. And I'm not talking about obese. I'm talking about people who are like really, really obese. Yes. And then you look at what's sold in the, in the store. <coughs> just soda and like big fries and stuff and you just wonder like wow yes it's it yeah mind-boggling and this is something i i truly i, I mean we talk about when we talk about diet based or a veg with plant-based food that would be something we need to address to the lower income class they need to eat that because the moment you do this your brain gets better yes your energy level gets better your health care gets better uh, especially in the place in the U.S. where I actually, <laughs> sorry to remind you, oh. healthcare is not a is yeah. Not, oh is yeah. Not a, is not Thanks a right. for that. Not a right and uh, and yeah, teaching 
kids science and making sure we understand how the world works, works. yes and this is uh, uh something i was lucky when my dad was four years old told me he was an economist i've been working on 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 these ideas of peak oil and and how the the, the future will will would, would turn out that the one of the early things he told me is like there's not going to be water for everyone in the future and uh and it struck me and and now when i'm looking at how all the conflict around the world if you look at the water okay that's the reason wow <laughs> it's not yes. about oil it's mostly around about about uh water and uh yeah so we need a we 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 need to kind of uh i got reborn 10 years ago because i started understanding a technology when you buy an iphone the crystals they the the minerals they put in the in the uh um uh, in the phone to make the phone ring or things like that have been harvested in congo yes. by kids co- co- conflict uh, minerals yes, yes. Uh, rare earth materials are now in china because yes. the reason they're in china is nobody wants to put acid in the in the rivers mm-hmm. and it's the only place we allow that to be and all the batteries are made of you know uh things that um uh, lithium in bolivia where people die of cancer at 50 uh, i mean 40 years old and um so we also created this entire you know system that we feel is clean and i'm a big fan of design but i have to admit that what apple did over the last 10 years is disgusting you know the idea of having things where you cannot change the product you cannot yes. change the just the just to make more money and yeah. right the same way you know like we had this fast fashion where suddenly uh they tell you, oh yeah, the the socks is shit, but you're gonna buy ten of them. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, great, fantastic, right? And uh, but the same similarity came in, and uh, and and I think we need to get out of this. And uh, and and one of the things we need for that is be aware. Yes. And and also understand how we can live in a world that has is gonna have less technology, less, and for that you need to have a very strong insight. Because if your inside is empty, then you spend your life on Netflix, on phones, on device, on games, on stuff. Can you imagine you're in the in the train or you take the subway and everybody's on this phone playing game, or sometimes the better ones are listening, like <laughs> trying to do listening to podcast. <laughs> but uh, my point Hopefully. is, yeah. <laughs> but the the point is that we, uh, you know, we the emptiness we have inside has been replaced by yeah an external emptiness, and we're trying to. Fulfill. fulfill and yes. that, and that's going to be the most important thing is technology that fulfill ourselves but also a world that fulfill ourselves and that means that a lot of the things we see in this world are not working well needs to be refoked and not for profit more profit more more for um, creating like different structures that different um, ways of rewarding entrepreneurs as well because right now Anyone I see in a conference is like, oh, my company is growing 10x mm. or exponential. These are like bullshit words that everybody's using. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a 10x entrepreneur, meaning I'm like, can grow this company 10 times later. And then what you ask them is, how do you do it? It's like, oh, yeah, we just buy advertising on Facebook and we create a scam to make it look like it grow. Then you see WeWork or companies like that, yes. where they buy a lot of things, they fill it full of designers stuff. And then they're like, oh, we have to, <laughs> we have to sell it back now because... Uh, we we went way so we need to find different ways of uh, of 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 growing and and for me the next the decade that is coming right we're in 2020 is exciting because just this is the moment where we're gonna have to 
figure out these things and implement that. So if you asked me three years ago when the whole, and four, uh, four years ago, sorry, when the whole nightmare, my life was all about the post-traumatic stress. I was very desperate about it. I was very pessimistic. Now I'm more optimistic because I understand that there are so many things to be done and I'd like at some point to do some of them and, and I'd love to help other people doing the ones that I'm not going to do and I hope like, the mindset is going to change and we're going to see a, a different era, different type of entrepreneurs, different type of also ways of, of behaving, the idea of meditating now, the, the idea of, of having a cleaner mind, in a cleaner by the but I mean less obstructed by BS, by is. Mm, by stuff by stuff the idea that we might start at least eat less uh, work less do less but more but do things that we actually enjoy and not things that the the world is supposed to <laughs> to <clears throat> so we believe we enjoy that's making me really excited that's great well I'm so happy after all of that that you are excited about <laughs> world because when you start to really talk about it it's fascinating and also terrifying at the same time yeah that's a, that's a terrifying part but you know i uh you have to uh you have to put it back in context and uh yes I, these are gonna be terrible things every day of your life and there's gonna be amazing things and there's gonna be amazing thing that should be done and that's i yes. think when we can try to focus on this Yes. Then you see the world in a very different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, there's so many things about this conversation that I'm taking with me and I will do more research about and become more aware of. So I have to say thank you so much, including the book that you, were, you mentioned, The German Philosopher. Can you repeat the name of the book again? Uh, the book was only written in French. It was called oh. Perdant Radical. It okay. means the radical loser. But I'll give you the information. Yeah, so. because that really stuck in my, in my mind about... You, it was a very fascinating question that you asked, you know, with the conditioning. Is it conditioning or are you just born that way? And just so many points in this conversation were fascinating. So I can't thank you enough for being with me on this episode. And... I just really thank you. And well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was always a pleasure to see you. Always. <laughs> Here in Paris, in this not so great rainy Paris, but at least we got great tea and a great conversation. Absolutely. We certainly did. Um, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you.